My name is Adam Simon, and you're listening to The Resource Revolution. Welcome to Resource Revolution, a new podcast brought to you by Hexagon. My name is Adam Simon, and I'll be the host. And my goal over the next few months is to do a deep dive into the world of mining, to look at all aspects of mining, from how we mine, how we are transforming mining, how we're making mining safer, mining's impact on the environment. When we think about mining through the lens of the energy transition, through agriculture, through transportation, I want to make sure that everyone who's listening has a sense of where mining is important, why mining is important, and how mining is important. I am a professor at the University of Michigan. I focus on all aspects of natural resources. In particular, I'm interested in the global flow of all of the metals that make modern life possible. And among the things that I'm interested in is how natural resources play a role in economic development, how natural resources contribute to economic development and then intersect with social and economic mobility for the citizens of different countries. I am very interested in responsible mining. We hear a lot in the news now about sustainable mining, responsible mining. And a lot of people want to know, what does that mean? What do, what do we mean when we say a company is engaged in responsible mining? If I ask myself when I think I became interested in mining natural resources or deposits, I can trace it to the sixth grade when during the geography part of that class in sixth grade, we spent a lot of time talking about the Stone Age, the Copper Age, the Bronze Age, the Iron Age. And I remember thinking at the time how interesting it was that societies, as they evolved in Asia, in Mesopotamia, in parts of Europe, in the Americas, in Australia, much of what drove trade among various groups of humans around the world was the location of natural resources. And we usually think about natural resources in terms of proximity to oceans and rivers, which would be sources for transportation and sources for fish. We think about proximity to freshwater lakes and ponds that would have been important for drinking water. And what I was really interested in was the location of different mines in the ancient world. So if you close your eyes and you imagine looking at a map of ancient Mesopotamia, you know, today we think about the countries Turkey, Iraq, Iran, Syria, and others. But imagine you went back to ancient Iran, what we call Persia, in the second millennium BCE. On the map, you would see dozens of X's all over ancient Persia. And each one of those X's on the map was the location of copper ore that humans literally tripped over. You know, this was before we had any modern technology to look for copper buried beneath the Earth's surface. In the second millennium BCE, humans would literally walk around Persia 
and they would find rocks that were enriched in native copper. And when they found sizable accumulations of that native copper, that literally put an X on the map. And as more X's were discovered for copper and gold and silver and iron and tin and lead, all of those X's then led to trade routes. We've all become familiar with the Silk Road and how the Silk Road connected ancient China with Europe. And we've heard stories about explorers who traveled the Silk Road. Well, when we think about metals and how we have mined them throughout the world over the last several thousand years, those metals led to the trade routes that connected humans. They led to trade along coastlines. They led to trade between Europe, the Middle East, North Africa, Asia. They drove exploration. So we, we have evidence in the historical record for lots of expeditions that were carried out and funded by various royal families to find new X's on the map. And when we think about our modern society where we're actively mining copper and gold and silver right now, we now have added a lot of X's to the map. If we think only about the metal copper, which is probably one of the most critical metals for all of humanity, considering that copper is fundamental to electricity generation and transmission and all technology, we have lots of X's for copper in Chile, in Peru, in Brazil, in the Democratic Republic of Congo, in Zambia, in Australia, in China. And so over the last four to five to 6,000 years, as humans transitioned from the Stone Age to the Copper Age, we didn't make that transition because we ran out of stones. We made that transition because we figured out that we could do more with copper than we could with stones. And then when we transitioned from the Copper Age to the Bronze Age, that was probably the earliest form of alchemy or chemistry because humans were able to figure out that if they took a certain amount of copper and added a little bit of tin, they could melt that and they could form the alloy that we know as bronze. And if we look at the historical record through the lens of archaeology throughout Asia, throughout Europe, throughout Africa, throughout the Middle East, we have fantastic examples from the Bronze Age of how humans were able to make all sorts of tools and weapons and drinking water vessels and urns and pots for cooking out of bronze. And then we figured out how we can actually work with iron. If we fast forward to today, we can't exist without mining. And I think it's important for everybody who's listening to gain an appreciation for all of the safety protocols that are employed when mines are being planned, constructed, and then put into operation. And when we think about safety, certainly safety for all of the humans involved in mining, but also safety for Earth's environment and ecosystem. And then I want to make sure that everyone understands when we talk about mining, we're also talking about economic development. And economic development is important if we think about any number of factors. We can think about socioeconomic mobility. 
So right now, globally, for a population of 8 billion people, at least a billion people have zero access to electricity. And if you think about that for a second and unpack what zero access to electricity means, it's more than just being able to turn a light on. It's more than just being able to have a refrigerator. Think about how modern medicine depends on electricity. Think about dialysis, which requires electricity. Think about chemotherapy and other ways that we fight cancer in the human body that requires electricity. We know that access to electricity improves economic outcomes for local populations as well as national economies. And so I want to make sure that everyone who's listening has an appreciation for why we need to mine in order to achieve the UN Sustainable Development Goals. I think all of us can agree that modern society for most people is a really good thing. But we still have a lot of work ahead of us to make sure that everyone around the world enjoys all of the benefits of the technology that is made possible by mining metals. So if I go back to asking everybody to close their eyes and picture that map of Mesopotamia with X's on the map, we now have X's on all six continents where mining is allowed. We have a pretty good idea of where the X's on the map are, but we're also continually trying to find new X's. And that really gets to exploration for different types of metal ore deposits that are buried beneath, beneath Earth's surface. A hundred feet, a thousand feet, 10,000 feet. There are gold mines today in South Africa that are on the order of three miles deep. So we know that over the next several decades, in order to achieve the energy transition, in order to achieve the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, we will have to continue mining. We will have to get much better at finding new X's on the map that we can develop into operating mines in order to provide all of the metals for society that I think makes society today absolutely wonderful. What's different about mining today than mining 50 years ago, 500 years ago, 5,000 years ago? And what will be different about mining five years from now, 50 years from now? One of the things that we're seeing in real time is the incorporation of amazing technology that is not only making mining a lot more accurate, more precise, it's making mining a lot safer, it's reducing the environmental footprint of mining. And as I said, I won't sugarcoat anything. So mining always has some environmental footprint. It has to have. We know that building the infrastructure to mine a copper deposit or a gold deposit in one particular spot on the map, that will on some level irreversibly alter the landscape. But technology is allowing mining companies today to really plan well so that the environmental disturbance during mining is as minimal as possible 
And then after the mine is closed, engage in reclamation that returns the mine to a state that is as close to what it was prior to mining. If we think about technology through the lens of safety, Hexagon is involved in a variety of activities, including autonomous vehicles. So if we think about humans and the danger of putting humans deep underground to mine, we know that historically mine collapses, they would result in a significant number of fatalities. With hexagon and autonomous vehicles, we're now moving to a point in time where we, we don't need humans underground. And so by eliminating the need to have humans underground, that improves the safety of all aspects of mining. We see this happening on the surface. We see the large trucks that are used to haul the ore out from the bottom of very large open pit mines. The trucks are now becoming autonomous. It makes mining safer. It makes mining more efficient. And more efficient also means less environmental disturbance. So one of the things that excites me about partnering with Hexagon for this podcast is the ability to talk with truly global experts in all areas of technology that are really making a positive impact on mining. Well, this is the conclusion of this first intro episode, and I appreciate all of you for listening through the episode. You can also follow us on our socials, Hexagon Mining on Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. So until next time, my name is Adam Simon, and you're listening to The Resource Revolution.